down Pick your mind up and money where your soul will be down Down to a place where he makes it down last Nothing can save you, not even cold cash Extortion, abortion, racism too You can lay your kid and tell me what we're gonna do Don't go for the wicked, don't go for the wicked Don't go for the wicked, it's a great big scam Pick your mind up and money or your soul will be down Down to a place where emotion don't last Nothing can save you, not even cold cash Extortion, abortion, racism too You can lay your kid and tell me what we're gonna do Don't go for the wicked. No, good morning. <laughs> this is Baba Yahshua, Dr. Israel, coming to you from BBS Radio International, spreading the word that let all souls that breathe praise God. Hallelujah. The one true God of Israel, the one true creator of the universe, the one who suspended the sun in the heavens, in the firmament, and illuminated the universe, and it remains burning brilliantly. There's no sense or threat that it's about to go out. There's no sense of this creation about to implode. Therefore, the words that gave rise to this creation are eternal. Those are the Hebraic words, the seven, the 22 sacred letters designed and formed by Hashem to create this universe. And he's given us these 22 sacred letters as a tool of technology, consciousness to raise us up from the doldrums of mediocrity. So good morning to you. May Hashem enrich your life by awakening you to the realization of his oneness, his uniqueness, his sovereignty, his divinity, and perpetual existence, his eternity. So you come to know that because the reality of duality is unity. What we perceive as a diversified universe is really just a temporary fluctuation of infinite creativity. That infinite creativity is that infinite field of potentiality that we know to be the G-O-D, that is the generator, the organizer and dispenser of all relative phenomenon and that itself is immortal. And mortality is based in immortality. So good morning to you. I want to uh, first uh, give you something very special, which is the aim of this broadcast entitled Shema Yisrael, to sensitize you, to heighten your sensitivity to the profound effect of a daily recitation of Deuteronomy 6.4, the Shema. The Shema, these words were spoken and were given to our rabbi. Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, on Mount Sinai, by Hashem himself, because Hashem wanted to empower his nation, his people, and his people would be a beacon light to the world. And once we were illuminated with divinity, then the world would draw to us. And long down the corridor of time, this is the goal and the purpose. So we want to first 
say to you the Shema, because the Shema is a very powerful word. Please look up the Shema yourself. Everything that I say on this broadcast, I encourage you to verify, validate through your own research. Read the Shema. Study the Shema. The first paragraph, there are three paragraphs of the Shema. It's beneficial to say all three, but at a minimum, say first paragraph daily. We're going to say it in Hebrew, and then we'll transcribe it. Uh, we'll uh, interpret it in English. El Melik Naman. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, Hashem is our God. Hashem, the one and only. Hashem is God. There's only one God. Via hafta et Adonai Eloheka bakal lavaveka uvakal nafsheka uvakal moadeka. And you shall love Hashem, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your resources. Vayahu hadavariim ele asher anoki mitzaveka hayom alavaveka visenatam. These matters, these matters should be that I command you today upon your heart. Teach them thoroughly to your children. Levaneka vizebartebam vineyeka vineyeteka uvleketeka vaderik uvesevebeka uvekumeka. Uf kesare tam le od aliadeka viha yule teta vote be en eyeneka uve vatam al mazuzot beyeneka uve sareka. Teach them to your children, speak of them when you sit in your home and when you walk on your way and when you lie down and when you rise, bind them as a sign upon your arm. Let them be to fill them between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your home and on your gates. What this means, ladies and gentlemen, that this is a mandate to think about the reality of duality at all times, that God is one, one unique, ultimate, creative intelligence that's really incomprehensible to our limited mind. He has given himself to us in the form of letters, sacred letters that are designed in the heavens for the purpose of con connecting the earth to the heavens. So when you read the Torah and you say the words of Torah and you say Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad or Hashem is one. It has a purifying effect on the central nervous system and an elevating effect on your personal consciousness. These words are eternal. This is why I parted off by saying, don't go for the wicked. Don't go for the wicked. Don't be nefarious. Nefarious and the wicked say, oh, this is Old Testament. These words are no longer important. God has done something new. God hasn't done anything new. God has done what he has done. He has created the perpetual, the universe, and it sustains itself perpetually and maintains itself by virtue of the sequential progression of orderly intelligence from the level of the macrocosm to the macrocosm, microcosm to the macrocosm, for the infinite small to the, to the cosmic, galactic. So may Hashem awaken you to the reality of his oneness. This is the purpose. This is the theme of 
this broadcast. God is one, and we are being resurrected from the dead because, and I'm especially concerned with the with black men like myself who have been null and void because we had no spirituality. We were given the technology, uh, the spiritual uh, uh, fabrications of, uh, of the, the people who uh, oppressed us. And of course, they didn't need a God. They they have their own technology and their brilliance. They create a world here and they have this for the poor. And we were placated with this. And this does not befit us because we are Hashem's children. And of course, this is what has been handed down through some families and in my families that came through my grandmother. And of course, I lived out this area. My destiny has taken me from the small town in Alabama to touch the, the wall, the Hebrew wall, the Torah wall, the temple wall, the wall of the temple where the Shekinah is resting and it illuminates my mind. It raises my consciousness. It restores my physiology. It gives me this technology says, now go wake up your brothers. Tell my brothers who they are. They don't know who they are. They've been called Negroes. They've been called colored. They've been called a litany of deleterious derogatory terms. They are, I think, called contemporaneously something called an African-American, which is a oxymoron. You can't be an African and American, uh, but, but that's what you're called. But really what we are, it's found, our identity is found in Exodus Chapter 4, verse 22, and and Hashem is saying that. And Hashem is, it says so beautifully that Hashem says in Exodus 3.18, uh, Elohei Ha'ivrim. Uh-huh. That is in the discourse where Moses is recounting to Pharaoh his encounter with God. He says, God, I met the God of the Hebrews. And he said that he was the God of the Hebrews. And he said, let my son go. And my son is Israel. He is my firstborn son. And we find that. See, that's the blueprint. The Torah is the blueprint uh, for the universe. So we see this and we see ourselves here in Babylon, here in metaphoric Egypt, being enslaved, being idolatrous, serving the golden calf. <laughs> the golden calf is money. The golden calf is idolatry. And here we are found in a state of idolatry, having had that that impressed upon our mind for 400 years. And it's very difficult when someone like myself come along who's been awakened and appointed to go and tell those who are asleep that it's a new day and to tell them who they are. You're not a Negro. Uh, you are a child of God. You are a priest, as it says in Exodus uh, 19. You are priests, you see, and of Hashem. And you find yourself here now just playing basketball and seeking to integrate and, and, uh, uh, marry uh, another race because you don't feel that good about yourself and the reason you don't feel good about yourself is because you've been this uh, you've been alienated from your authentic self and that that role that you've been designated to play you hate that and you think that if you can uh, amalgamate with the dominant culture that somehow life will be beautiful well the thing about that is what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul we did not come to the earth plane to be successful 
we might become successful, but we came to the earth plane. It's an evolutionary odyssey for the purpose of finding your authentic self, your higher self, which is your God self, so that you can stand and say, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Elhechad. God is one. Yes, and I am the individualized expression of that oneness. And my, 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 my principle, my most salient attribute that, that designates me as an individualized aspect of that is my intelligence, my soul, because God is intelligence and the soul of man is the intelligence of God because God blew his breath into man and man became a living soul and inherent in that soul was the intelligence of God. And so here we are. So there has been a great conspiracy here. I want to read Psalms now. Psalms 83 verse 4 and 5. Come, let us obliterate them from nationhood so that not remembered will be the name of Israel any longer. For they take counsel together with a single mind against you, a covenant they strike. So there is a conspiracy against us. There has been a conspiracy. King David points this out from from time immemorial against Israel. And here you are finding yourself, many of you, being the seed of Israel, the seed of Abraham, knowing on something about yourself, having intuition about what you are, having some type of intuitive feelings about Israel, intuitive feelings about the menorah, intuitive feelings about the Star of David, something about the Torah calls you, but you're not. That's because you are the individualized expression of that. The whole world is going to come to recognize that. As it says in Zechariah 8.23, at that time, 10 men and 10 women and from every nation. I added the women because it's just fair because people are going to wake up and say, we want the truth. That was my my experience. I want the truth. You're talking to me about Jesus' love, but you persecute me. You say that his message is love, but you persecute me. You say that he is the Messiah, but when I read my understanding of the Messiah, that the Messiah is an idyllic conception of a time where the lion is going to lay down with the lamb. We're going to have people who are going to be at peace. We won't study war anymore, and there are messianic scriptures in the Torah that need to be fulfilled before we can designate anyone as the Messiah. That's why I have been appointed to say to my people, Jesus is not your Savior. You haven't been saved. Look at you. Our fathers are incarcerated. Our women are being converted into men. Our children are transgender. They don't know who they are. They don't know if they are fruit or vegetable or man or woman. This is the spirit of confusion, which characterizes the darkness, which characterizes metaphoric Egypt, which is where we are found. And I have been designated as Moses was to come back to say, hey, there is a God, you have a God, you have a language, a technology of consciousness called Lashon HaKodesh, not conversational Hebrew, but holy Hebrew found in the Torah, and the Torah is so beautiful. So I'd like to sing this song to you. I'm going to play it right now. I'm going to ask my people to play this song. It's called I'm Sick and Tired of This Conspiracy Against Me. I'm sick and tired of this conspiracy 
insanity seems like it's a house of insanity doesn't it so much crazy stuff going on people killing people people are confused about their identity people changing their identity oh black people wear wigs all the time because they hate their identity the females do they wear red wigs made out of european textured hair i've never seen i don't see white girls wearing african-american wigs so so it's just a, a house of insanity. And what we have to do, uh, a house of insanity is, a, is could be equated to a, like a burning house. It's a house that's burning down. And when you're in a house that's burning down, if you have any sense at all, you get up and get the hell out of there. 
It's just that simple. You get up and say, hey, wait a minute. And you saw Notre Dame burn down. That should have told you something right there. When Notre Dame burned down, they told you now. They say, well, now, God is in the church all the time. You go in there, you got to bow down and genuflect him because he's got the light there. The Eucharistic presence is there. Well, now, if God is in the church, how is the church going to burn down unless the fire is greater than God? And the fire can't be greater than God because God created the fire. So that must mean that God called down the fire to burn it down, to tell you something, because we're tired of this fakery and idolatry. Now I'm going to talk just briefly about the racist rhetoric of contemporary politics. It doesn't surprise me because I'm the elder. I'm Baba Yashua, you know, in the culture. I'm the old man. I'm the wise man. I'm the griot. I'm sitting there. I'm the African, Hebrew. I'm sitting there. I'm walking in Moses with Moses, sitting in Moses' seat, loving Moses, seeing things from Moses' point of view and King David's point of view. And so I understand racism and I understand our quintessential problem is that we are in spiritual exile. You are not a Gentile. You're not sent here to live happily ever after to marry and become a biracial people and live happily ever after singing. We have overcome. No, no, no. I've been appointed to come and tell you. I'm sorry to disappoint you. That is not for you. You have to raise up and turn to your God and call upon him. He then will liberate you. Let me read something now here about the spirit of false hope. This racist rhetoric of contemporary politics and the, 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 the things that our leader, the president, is saying, they're terrible. But they are, they, are, they are honest and they are truthful. See, when my mother used to say, when people tell you who they are, son, believe them. Don't argue with them. Listen attentively. So when people tell you, and this nation has spoken quite uh, sufficiently over 400 years to tell you, and I'm now here to tell you. So when they say, send her back, send her back, I think the chance should be send them all back which would be inclusive of myself, and they would have then some type of repatriation, some type of send me back where I can have my land and I can have my God and I can do things my way because quite frankly here, I don't have the power to define. And when you don't have the power to define, you're powerless. So as we approach the first quarter of the 21st century, it pains me that African-American community is duped in the pursuit of politics as an avenue of improvement. We've been uh, floundering in this arena for 50 years in concert with this false notion of integration. And we, aren't, we haven't made any progress. We keep being surprised by the truth. I don't understand the consciousness of black people. They have this notion of we want, I think it came from the dreamer, it was Dr. Martin Luther King. He had this dream, which Deuteronomy defines if anyone comes with this type of dream and the consequences of his dream lead you to serve alien gods, then I don't know if that dream was sent from God. This was some type of his obsequious uh, intellectual Negro mind that wanted to have had some ideal of idyllic integration. And white people don't want to be integrated with white, uh, with black people. And I understand that. And Chinamen don't either. And it's just, it's unnatural. So this notion is, is prima facie evidence of the spirit of false hope. We keep hoping that we're going to find a, a, a solution politically. But Deuteronomy 28, 
28th chapter and verse 68 foretells of the consequence of God's displeasure with his people, which was us. We have been exiled here by way of slave ships, and we have come here on the slave ship named the good ship Jesus of Lubbock. And Jesus and his name is intricately related to slavery. And this upsets you, but you're going to have to deal with that if you're ever going to rise up because you're going to have to climb Jacob's ladder. And Jacob's ladder goes from earth to heaven, and it's an ascension up to the knowledge of God. And you pass through a lot of uh, demigods and false gods and prophets and people who've been deified, uh, but you ultimately come to Deuteronomy 6.4, the one true God. So our problem is that exile people, uh, all of you politicians who think that you love Negroes, love to define themselves. I'm a Republican. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Democrat. And they'll fight each other because one says he and both of them are suffering by that same racist white supremacy system called politics. The political arena is a dirty, dirty, unrighteous place. And no one with any type of integrity would even want to participate. That's why it's not for you, Hebrew people. We have something that's much more laudable. We have prayer. Oh, you see how backwards we are? We are so backwards because we are letting little children who are godless, that have been on the planet a few days, don't know God, identify probably more with the dog than with humans. and. This is your leader. But really, you are the priest of God. And that's what you're going to call up. See, the world what's going to happen is you're going to stop playing basketball and getting tattoos all over you and wanting to marry somebody other than your own mother's daughter. You see, and become a God man. And when you become a God man, just like when you become a super nigger, rapping and talking, and you see how all the white people followed you? You see how when black people start rapping and wearing their clothes, dragging down and looking worse than slaves, that there was a large segment of white people who followed right in that. And they in that because they've always they put on blackface and they love to be, you know, niggerish. That's in it because, you know, they created the nigger. That means because the nigger is them. Whatever you create is in your own mind. So we created this nigger and this nigger is still here. And nigger is not. A nigger is consciousness because consciousness is what you have that can be manipulated, not skin color. So I'm not talking about skin color. No, I've seen people so black in India. They were so dignified and loved. I've seen them so black in Africa, so intelligent and beautiful and holy. So I'm not talking about the color. I'm talking about the consciousness that was shaped here. So here we are. Uh, attempting to be amalgamated, amalgamated in something that's not yourself. But you need to turn to Ezekiel. If you see, you don't read. The first thing the devil told you was don't read. He called it a lie. He said, an Old Testament. Don't ever use that word. Don't ever use that word because I told you that the sun is, is brightly in the firmament shining. The firmament is there. It hasn't decayed. You see? So that means that those words spoken to said, Yahi or Huh? Let there be light via he or and there was light. It is as if God is still saying those words today because those words are Lashan Hakodesh. Those words are the Hebrew language, which is what is your gift. All of you people who are masquerading and saying, because I see people coming all out the wall. I see them in New York everywhere. So, you know, I'm a Hebrew now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a costume on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, what I mean, if you're Hebrew, speak the Hebrew language. Don't try to go back and talk paleo. Speak contemporary. Read the Torah. Read the Torah, study the Torah, and, and see what has been said by the great, great, great minds. The great mind, the greatest mind on the planet now is the Jewish mind right now. Oh, going to catch hell for saying that. Yeah. Oh, they won all the Nobel Prize. Yes. So that's why you have to study them because what they, the Jewish people do, they study. Yes, they study all the time. That's why I've had just a beautiful experience. I'd like to shout out to my mentor right now, Raphael Haller. Wonderful, holy, 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 holy man. And I'd like to shout out also to my dear uh, college friend, uh, Mr. Rose. I think he's in Little Rock, Arkansas now, helping to enlighten the people there. And I'd like to shout out to Rabbi Founier, who is the chief rabbi, the patriarch for the black Israelites, and to all of the Hebrew communities here in the United States, as well as that the Hebrew community, the African Hebrew kibbutz in Demona, Israel, and all the beautiful people there that I have visited there and uh, touched the Holy Land. So this uh, dynamic of politics, back to my discussion here of how that's the spirit of false hope. The dynamics of politics are driven by underhanded dishonesty and mendacity. And both are unsuited and discorded with righteousness. And so we have to be, once we get it straight, righteousness. And the thing that's driving black people now, particularly the young people, is this, this idolatrous notion of money. Money lust. Whoa, what a terrible thing. Money lust. See, ooh, it's terrible. And that drives thee because you're poor and you think that money is an answer. But money is hamatz. <laughs> money is, there is no good. You have to believe in El Shaddai because El Shaddai means there's enough. To pursue money is to pursue vanity and illusion. And that's what our people are doing. And I have been designated as to come and tell you, no, don't go that way. Return to the hope of the spirit, the life of the spirit. See? So, redemption of African Americans uh, will never come through politics. You can be assured of that, but will become as is taking place right now with perceptions with myself and other people I see all in North Carolina and South Carolina and down in the Caribbean. People who are waking up and saying, you know, we are the children of God and we have an obligation to be holy and we have been spilling seed and doing everything that that devil taught us to do when we were in enslaved. And anybody put you in slave, it's to be a devil. And so now is America is at the crossroads now. What are you going to be? You see, there's a, there's a system in place that says, oh, we want to be white. There's another one that says that we want to be multicultural. And then there's another say, we want to extricate ourselves from it and get us a piece of land and leave us alone so that we can praise God and, 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 and serve his feast days and pray to him and bless his holy name. And I love my neighbor as myself because these things will activate the principle of love your neighbor as yourself. So the pursuit of politics will lead to a secular outcome and not to spiritual redemption. That's my point. I need somebody in the African community to stand up. And I'm not talking about these prosperity preachers who are talking about money. God going to bless you with money. No, no, no. God is going to bless you with wisdom. He's going to bless you with chokmah. He's going to bless you with understanding. Bina, he's going to bless you with diet, knowledge, not going to give you no money. Yes, he'll give you enough to do what you need to do. People who have all the money, that's prima facie evidence that they're not with Hashem because they're pursued as money. 
Politics is a vacuous pursuit driven by the spirit of false hope. And that's what I wanted you to say about that. Now, I'll talk a little bit now before I go. Uh, again, just I'm going to make the point because I have to drive this home to Hebrew letters and human physiology. Now, because I am practicing alchemy, that is, I'm seeing how this this physiology here that I have can be transformed into a much higher, a much higher, a, a much higher, a more refined machinery. I believe that we have a system that will operate more efficiently than we've been operating because we've been engaging behaviors that throw the optimum function of the central nervous system. I have been studying now Hebrew language now oh, since my resurrection from the dead, which was approximately 40, 40 plus years ago when Hashem gave me this new life as Yahshua and gave me uh, access to Israel and gave me his Torah and gave me the challenge of learning the Aleph Bet by myself because I didn't have anyone to call upon but him. That's why I can tell you about the profound power of prayer. When he gave me music, he didn't give me a music teacher. He gave me prayer. And prayer is the quintessential tool of a son of God. It's the only son of God. It's the only tool. It's not a gun. We're not going to overthrow anybody. I'm not a threat to anybody physically at all. All I'm going to do is tell everybody to pray and intensify the light of consciousness that is their essential identity so that they can reflect the light of God into society because we're suffering from a dearth of love. And that's why we have to discard the Christian religion because they don't practice love. They beat our butts forever. And they was talking about just, well, I don't hear, I don't, I ignore that. You come to me with that, I'll, oh, I'll know. Because there's no evidence our people are suffering. So it is time now for all of those, those Christians now in accordance with uh, Zakaria 14.9 to come to know that Hashem is one. You are one and your name is one and God is king over the all of the earth. And this is why I'm here heralding the one true God. I have knowledge of what I'm talking about. This is not theoretical. This is experiential. I've been tested and tried. And that's why I have to cry for being alone because I've been extricated from the fire of ignorance and given the refreshing oasis of the knowledge of God. And it's on an island of two or three people. But we're coming. He said, there are more coming in time. Just keep telling them to look at my word. The Torah is the totality of existence. Did you hear what Bashua said? That the Torah is the totality of existence, the blueprint of the universe, the infinite mind of God. Torah is composed of letters. 22 sacred letters which Kabbalists acknowledge were designed by Hashem 2,000 years before he used them to create the world. The letters, because of their profundity, were the principal tool that God created all of the infinite diversity that we see. And Adam, by virtue of his infinite knowledge and wisdom, used these letters in different combinations to name all of the animals and creatures. And whatever combinations of letters that he used created the neurophysiological expression that was inherent in the intelligence of that letter to create a body. And those bodies still exist because those letters are eternal. The Torah was given to the people of God at Mount Sinai. And 
this is our Mount Sinai. We are on our way to Mount Sinai because those of you to whom I have been called, well, how few you are, whatever they are, if it's nobody, we're on our way to the promised land because we are going to go to Mount Zion. You're going to go to Mount Sinai to receive the Torah, which is a uh, internal revelation of the perfection of every letter in the Torah. There's no irrelevant word in the Torah, no useless letter. Every word, every dot, every yud is an expression, a mathematical expression, and an indice of the intelligence of God. And Moses succeed in bringing these letters to us, these laws. And see, the thing about the Torah that you don't know, there are four different levels of looking at the Torah. This words of par- paradis. Four different letters, a literal level, an allegorical letter, a, a hint letter level, a mystical level. Four different levels, not just, and the children of Israel walked across the desert. That's a literal level. But what does it really mean on another level, allegorical? Uh, what does it mean? And this is when you begin to interact with these letters because Kabbalists tell us that these letters uh, have a soul. I'm telling you what I know. And if you will engage your own consciousness, don't listen to me like it's just an interesting phenomenon. My purpose is to excite you, your curiosity to go and investigate what I say. I I challenge you to look up Anna Bacork. I told you that it was a 42 letter name of God and a technology of consciousness. And I challenge you to go and read it for yourself and study it and learn it and witness the, the enormous changes that will come into your psychophysiology as a function of simply saying that prayer. I challenged you again and gave you a technology of the Shema to study, to investigate, to research. I challenged you and gave you uh, references, Rabbi Monk's book, The Wisdom of the Aleph Bet in the Hebrew alphabet. Why? We need a tool of consciousness. We're not going to believe our way to freedom. That's slavery. In slavery, you were told, just believe in Jesus. Don't just believe. Don't you have abortion. Just be, kill your neighbor. Just, just, kill the slave. Just, just, kill the other people. Jump the bomb on the world. Just believe. That day is over. Know that God is righteousness. God is light. And God is a source of evolution that expanding to ever increasing happiness to see you open your eyes to the beautiful display of the of the orchestra of intelligence. That is God himself, including each one of us. So reading the Torah is a blueprint designed to lead a man from the relative field and connect his soul to the absolute unified field of pure happiness because Rabbi Nachman says, Mitzvah Hagadola Liota Bisimka. Mitzvah Hagadola Liota Bisimka, which means that the greatest mitzvah, the greatest thing is happiness, because happiness is God. That's why the greatest thing is to be happy. See, and when you make a million dollars and you live in a mansion and you're miserable, you are not fulfilling the purpose of life. You're happy when you're sitting there looking at the ocean and it's going in and out and flowing, and the birds are flying, and the winds are blowing, and you're at peace, and you're at one with that movement and flow of the organizing intelligent happiness. Oh, yes. 
So therefore, the Torah is a technology of consciousness. What do I mean that the Torah is a technology of consciousness? In Genesis chapter 1, you read, Bereshit bera Elohim et Hashemayim the et Haaretz. Oh, here we come. Yes. Yes, come on. Come on with the song. Yes. Yes. Every heart, 
and he can truly be he'll set you free and it's gonna blow your mind you find the find the gun is in blow blow your mind really see the time you find God gonna blow your mind really the gun he will lift you to the kingdom of love Oh, yes, 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 yes. That is, that is your quintessential purpose. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Where is that kingdom? That kingdom of heaven is deep inside of your own heart, inside of you. Everything is inside of you. The kingdom of heaven is inside of you. The God is inside of you. Huh? So this is what this song is about. This is the time to exhort everybody. Let us seek the kingdom of heaven. Let us seek to find the reality of our duality. Let us look beyond the garments. Let us have a definition of ourselves deeper than a, a sexual impulse. <laughs> Isn't that stupid? I am not my body. I am not my body. I have a body, but the body is often antithetical to what is best for me. In terms of I understand the war, they say there's this war between uh, the relative and the absolute. And the absolute is the soul, and the relative is the flesh with its orientations and proclivities and needs, its hunger, desires, and thirst. You have to check the flesh. So it's coming in time to recognize that we find that heaven that deep within ourselves. How? This by using the technology of consciousness that I have given you, the technology of consciousness that I was given, and I have been given different different tools doing different seasons in my life and in this mature season of my life because I'm in my spiritual decade. The seventh decade is your spiritual decade because God made the universe in six days and six days represents physical and seven represents the spiritual in which God rested from his work. So we've rested from our work to enter into the work of God. And God says, go and tell my people that they are my sons and my daughters and that they are to divest themselves of the filth in which they find themselves living in a pool of idolatry and sexuality and human filth and not engaging any type of study to, to love God and become the light. Where are the holy black men? Where are you? And I want to have a dialogue with you about this God. I want to have a dialogue with anyone about this God. I've been in this place called Gadsden, Alabama, writing, saying that there is only one God. It's in Christendom. No one says anything. It's fine because this is the time of the fulfillment because there is the Messiah coming, you see, for the sake of the kingdom. This is what we do for the sake of the kingdom, because this Mashiach is coming. This is the first few rays of light coming from black people. I am a black American man. That means I come up out of filth and immortality and supreme ignorance and was was laced overlaced with Jesus in the church. And only when God came to take all to, to lift me out of that's called the miry clay of slavery and divest myself of my attachment to a false, meaningless name 
and a meaningless deity who can't do anything and has not done anything for black people but make us suffer. All of the black men incarcerated and the rest of them are afraid of believing uh, in God and have to believe in somebody who says he's a son of God. Or one time they tell you he's son of God, then they tell you he is God. It's just confusion. And now God himself has intervened and come to say, come in Ezekiel 34, 11 through 13. I'm coming myself. Yahshua, wake up from the dead. Become holy. Go to my Torah and study. Get up and pray. Do his booty doot. Go visit the Zadokim. Oh, love your wife. Be faithful. Be holy. Love your children. So, yes, Mr. President, don't send her back. Send us all back. Send us to a place where we can be free to serve our God and we don't have to be idolatrous and we don't have to be converted and transformed into a people that we're not. My way is not your way. I don't have to be conformed to your way. I can respect your way and know that my way is different from you because my fundamental frequency is different from yours. That's why I'm black. I have melanin. There is an intelligence. It's an intelligence quotient that no one has ever given careful consideration to. There is an intuitive spirituality that people with color have. We have that. We know God. That's why I say we are the priest. And the time for quit playing basketball and trying to be white and started to be a holy man to set the example for the young white race so that they can find, uh, find out who they are. And then to love who they are and to love one one another. We have to love one another because we're here. We can't destroy one another. That's why I started off this song this morning. Don't be nefarious. Don't go for the wicked. That's how he said. Don't go for the wicked. It's it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a great big dam. You know, it's a great big scam. You lose your soul, your life. Your soul will be damned when you go for the wicked. Go for righteousness. Being set apart. Come apart from her, my people. I'm going to talk briefly now. I talked to you about a couple of things today. I told you that the politics is the spirit of false hope. I told you we've had a false Messiah and that uh, we have to now become to realize that God is one. And we have to serve that God with all our heart, with all our souls and all our resources. And I said to you uh, repeatedly that there are prophecies in the Torah. When you read for yourself, you will understand why I have been appointed to tell you that this is not the coming of the Mashiach. Uh, this is the Mashiach has not come. This is the coming of the Mashiach. And therefore, no one could be designated the, the Messiah. Someone could be a Messiah because Messiah doesn't mean Savior Mashiach means one who is besmeared, who's anointed with oil to do a work for God. And I told you that in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, in Isaiah chapter 32, verse uh, 15 through 18, and uh, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 15 through 18, all are prophecies that have not been fulfilled which pertain to the Mashiach's coming. And in Zephaniah 3, 9, Hosea chapter 2, verse 20, and verse 22, verse 22. So we have to begin to read and study for ourselves. Now, I want to end the, this, this, this broadcast talking a little bit about the wheel of life. The wheel of life. Life, what is life? Life is a three-phase cycle, a wheel that turns forever. Life is a sequential order of progression from the microcosm to the macrocosm, from the unmanifest to the manifest. Life encompasses 
conception, evolution, maintenance, and dissolution. The wheel of life. That's what I'll talk about. A cycle of, of, of conception, evolution, maintenance, and dissolution. Life is consciousness. What evolves? What is maintaining? What dissolves? Consciousness. What is consciousness? Pure awareness. Pure awareness. Listen to yourself. Close your eyes. Close your mouth. Sit and listen, and you will be aware that you are. You will hear yourself. Life is consciousness, and when consciousness See, everything is consciousness. Everything you see, trees, plants, look at the intelligence structured in the leaf of a plant. Consciousness is not chaotic, random disorganization. It's symmetry, balance. Look at a plant, symmetry, balance, intelligence, organization through there. Organize. Beautiful. That's consciousness, the aware of, aware of consciousness. We see consciousness in, in the universe. The wheel of life is a cyclical expression and display of consciousness goes. And you see the seasonal cyclical display. You might even call seasons summer, winter, fall, spring, things in a perpetual change. Never stop changing. Summer, winter, fall. You've always been changing. You were born. You were a little boy. Then you were an adolescent. Then you were a young man. Then you're a middle-aged man. Now you're a mature man. Everything in the creation is doing one thing, changing, because everything is a state of impermanence. Why? Because life has two aspects, the changing and the non-changing. You are the non-changing aspect of yourself. You've been feeling yourself. You haven't changed. You just remember your body changing. You remember when your body changed and you say, oh, my goodness, I got hair on my face, not hair on me. Hair on my face. Oh, now this hair on my face is turning gray. Oh, I'm not turning gray, but that it began to recognize something beyond, something beyond the physical, something that is a witness, something that is an observer, something that does not change. That is, that is the essential you. That is consciousness. See? So the stream of life is a flow of consciousness, and this consciousness is just an expansion of happiness because happiness is all that there is because God is the ultimate reality, and God is infinite stillness and intelligence beyond our ability to know. So consciousness exists in life forms, plants, animals, but consciousness also exists as thought information. For example, these songs that you listened to this morning, I composed those songs. Don't be nefarious. I compose the music, write the lyrics, lay the drum track, play the guitar. Why? Because of the creative intelligence, the flow of creative intelligence that comes from my being connected to Hashem, which comes from my recitation of my daily Shema and the practice and reading of my Sadur, reading Lashan HaKodesh. See? So consciousness twofold, life forms, thought information. That's why whoever created the telephone, they were sitting there one day and said, you know, we can miniaturize this, miniaturize everything. Somebody thought about it. Consciousness, uh, life forms, thought information. The goal of individualized consciousness is union with the omnipresent God. The human soul repeatedly incarnates into the earth plane in order to learn a series of life lessons. Repeated incarnations into this physical realm culminates in a transformation of your individual consciousness into a cosmic intelligence that becomes awakened to the reality of God. God is no longer a mystery. You are an individualized expression of that. The zenith, the pinnacle, the zenith of human evolution is God realization. 
pursuant to God realization, a taste of the world is lived on earth. Heaven is lived on earth. See, in the state of God, consciousness, life is lived in perfect synchrony with the organizing intelligence that silently administers creation. You're no longer out of phase. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to go. Everything you do, you're supposed to be because you now you are synchronized with that unmanifest life. I told you two aspects of life, physical life, seen, impermanent, transitory and the unseen, immortal transcendental non-changing aspect of life that is immortality so we can see from that that life has consists of mortality and immortality true life is immortality the basis of mortality is immortality so as one grows and evolves as consciousness evolves consciousness detaches from the physical and attaches to the eternal transcendental eternal aspect of one's being so going forward now let me one be one they make a statement here <laughs> experience is limited to the physical world it's just an experience of 50% of what's possible well, people say you know I don't believe in God I say, I, I, fine I accept that that just speaks volumes about where you are. You're just in the 50% realm of knowing what totality exists of because totality exists of two, two phases. And anyone who does not know the experience has not experienced the spiritual then doesn't really understand what life really consists of. So going forward into the 21st century, the key word is study. Study the Hebrew language. Study Anabakoa. Study the Shema. You have to study to grasp the mechanics of evolution, which is why I've talked to you briefly this morning about the wheel of life, the cycle of life. Life is cyclical. Things are born, evolve, maintain. You're strong during your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. You begin a slow demise and a decay into death. Death is not death is not a non-state. Death is a transition from this world. Huh? From this life into the next incarnation. Life consists of many incarnations. So may Hashem bless you this day and keep you with all blessings as I close my station this day by reading Anabakoak in Hebrew. We beg you with the strength of your greatness in your right hand, untie the bundle of sin. Kabil Renatum Kasak Venu Tarenu Nora, accept the prayer song of your people, strengthen and purify our vows of one. Please, O strong one, those who hear your oneness like the people of your eye, guard them. Bless them, purify them, show them mercy on your righteousness, always recompense them. Take a powerful holy one with abundance of your goodness. Guide your congregation. Take a unique one, exalted one with your hope. Turn and proclaim your holiness. Shavatenu accept and hear our crowd know of realities. Bless and keep you and keep us and guide us as I greet you in the Hebrew language. Shalom Aleikum. Peace be upon you.